Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. And this is Invest Talk. Welcome. It's Tuesday, January 11, 2022. And now that we're into the second trading week of the new year, I've you know you have I'm sure realized that things are changing. We have told you that. Justin and I have told you that it's going to be different. That you know tech stocks or high growth stocks, wherever they are, are not going to be uh, are not going to be as strong as they were last year. And 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 I we mentioned the reason being is that there's a change from the Federal Reserve. Interest rates are going to go up. Higher interest rates is it hurts high growth stocks more than it hurts your basic low growth value company. That's as simple as that. It's not that hard to understand because we're just looking at history, and the Fed's telling us what they're going to do. So how do you react to all these changes? What do you do? Well, you certainly want accurate information that's, and guidance. I know you do want that. I'm going. We're going to help you here on Invest Talk. On the radio show and podcast, we will help. You probably want answers to specific situations or questions. We'll be happy to answer those too. Okay, so you have to be part of the show to do that. So on today's program podcast, I always start with the same mission statement. Independent thinking and shared success. And that is telling you that we're going to give you facts. We're going to help you as best we can. Now, don't think that we know everything. No one knows everything. No one knows the future. We don't know the future. We can only surmise based on what's happening out there what is going to happen with stocks, with general categories of stocks. Now, you, don't, you can always live through this volatile time that we have. It's going to be very volatile. You don't have to do anything. You can just stay with indexes and be fine. But you're going to, you're going to have to live with the volatility. You're going to have to live with correction. There's going to be at least one decent-sized correction this year and probably more. Depends on the Fed and how fast they raise rates and how fast they cut down their uh, their uh, buying of bonds and what their reaction and, and what what it, what happens to inflation? You notice I'm not talking about COVID. I'm not because I don't think it's an issue anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's still an issue because you know there's reactions by governments to it. But this new COVID variant is pretty mild in the in its uh, in its uh, its uh, 
I don't know, whatever you call it, the, the symptoms you have. I even noticed today Spain said that uh, they need we need to start treating COVID. The, the Spain, the uh, prime minister in Spain, I think that's what he is, the prime minister, said they need to treat it just like any other flu. And I agree with them. And once we start doing that, of course, everything will start to return to normal. And we're already pushing to normalcy here. We're pushing it, even though our supply chain is going to take a year to correct. But, you know, it's pushing that way. So give me a call. We want to talk to you. We'll talk about, we'll give you facts about the market reporting, about our processes, our educational segments we talk about. We'll give you the facts. But you have to drive it. You. I'm Steve Peasley, and, of course, I encourage you to call me right now. On our show, the number is always the same, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. You can, re, you can interact with me right now live. We stream live, 4 to 5 Pacific time. And, of course, you can leave your questions if you can't get a hold of us live. You can leave them, and we'll answer the question later. So let's get right to the first listener line question. Oh, we're going to go to a live call. Mike in Utah. Hi, Mike. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you for calling. Yeah, I just had a question on uh, Cureleaf. I want to get your opinion on it. It's a cannabis uh, company. It's C-U-R-L-S. Okay. Okay. Engaged in the production and distribution of cannabis products in the United States. It's a $5.9 billion company, and it's going to make $0.06 cents a share next year. That's the first year. That'll be the first year ever made money. Now, the reason why it's selling for $8.40 is not because of the six cents. It's because of the sales growth. The sales growth last quarter was 74%. The quarter before that was 166%. Quarter before that, 170. Quarter before that, 205. So you can see why the, the growth is exponentially compounding. Okay? Um, so... The stock has been falling pretty sharply. It was around about $18 back on March of last year, and today it's $8.40. So your question is, is it done falling? Should I should I consider buying it? Should I get out? Do you already own it, Mike? Yes. I, yeah, I own some, uh, some, some shares. Yeah. Frankly, I think you should just hold on to it. Uh, I probably wouldn't put new position on because they're making so little money, six cents next year. But the direction, the direction is in the right way. It's going, sales are going, going up and earnings are finally coming. So, and they don't have a ton of debt, which is very good. One thing that does that bother me a little bit, I don't see any ownership by management. You would think management would own this company. Also, mutual funds are not buying it. That bothers me a little bit. But if you you've written it down to eight dollars, I think I think that you just got to stick with it. I think it will turn around. Okay, Mike, appreciate the call. I think it will be one of the survivors. There's a lot of uh, cannabis companies that won't survive, but I think this one will. We're off to a good start. We are moving into a quick break. Gene from North Carolina, hang on. You'll be next here on the Best Talk, 888-99-CHART.
Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. Question about PE ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. No question is too simple. Wanted to ask about Teladoc. And each question is an important part of the podcast. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. Steve and Justin are fearless. That's fairly inexpensive for this kind of explosive growth. The problem here is that you're picking a leveraged ETF. Tell your friends and family members about InvestTalk. You've been instrumental in my understanding how this market works. Don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is here to help. And when you download the free InvestTalk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Gene in North Carolina. Hi, Gene. Hey, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. I have a general question about sector rotation. Yes. Not particularly about this what's going on right now, but in general, is there a particular type of institutional investor that starts the sector rotation and everyone just follows? Is it big mutual funds? Is it hedge funds? Is it the pension funds? Well, I will say this, that the big money houses are the ones who make the change. You and I, us little guys, even, you know, and I'm not tiny, but I'm pretty small, you know, potatoes compared to them. They they do recognize the same thing I'm telling you I recognize. It's to recognize it, and they make changes to their own positions if they're individually managed accounts. You know, if they're a sector fund, mutual fund, or an index fund, of course, they can't do anything but follow the sector or index that they say they're going to. But they do influence it pretty dramatically. And there are patterns in different economic scenarios. So like everybody knows in my business that – Fed's going to raise rates and they're going to cut spending and, you know, they're worried a tiny little bit about inflation. Uh, uh, they're not sure is, what they should do. Go ahead, Gene. Is there a typical group that among those that make the first move, uh, mm. I guess I'm getting to, and then everyone else follows saying, oh, it's time to do the sector rotation we expected, and then everyone piles in and does the same thing? That's, I that's heard a, it was. I heard that Fed hedge funds have a big influence because they use borrowed money and they have big leverage. And they do, but they both ways. But she, they also hide what they do. They won't. They they won't. They that they're very secretive about what they're doing. And what Gene is saying is, hedge funds are very big influence because they 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 might have a billion dollars, but they'll borrow a few more billion dollars and use that. That's what that's what hedge funds do. They use leverage and spend it where they think it's going to go. And not only that, they concentrate their buying, Gene. They don't like spread it out. No, they want to. They're they're shooting for huge returns, and if they miss and they go bankrupt, they don't care. Well, they do care, but they don't care about you, the individual. They just care about making twenty. They get twenty percent of profits. So, what do you think their their incentive is? Profits. So they want to they want to narrow and and really take a lot of risk to get that huge reward. So yeah, but they're secretive. We can't find out. We don't know. 
Gene, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Alan in Arkansas. How you doing, Alan? Great, Steve. Hey, I appreciate what you do for us. Thank you. Um, I've got a question on sector rotation again. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you, you and Justin say that we need to uh, kind of get out of growth and go more to value, which, which I would argue is harder to do. I mean, all you had to do was, uh, you know, invest in QQQ or FANG, and uh, you're good. Yeah. But, but now you got to find value stock, and um, I'm kind of wondering how, where to start. I mean, I've got big positions in QQQ. Should I start getting rid of that? I, I would never tell you to get rid of something just completely. Because if you stayed with the Qs, if you stay with the next 10, 15 years, Alan, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll just live with a lot of volatility. That's all. Can you handle it? See, my worry is people see it go down, 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 down because we have a big correction and the market, overall market went down 15% and the Qs went down 25%. Are you going to stay with it? If you say you can't or won't, then you need to do something to balance that off now. If you say, yeah, that doesn't bother me, then just stay with the cues. Now, what can you do? Well, you can hedge yourself by looking for some value funds. There are value ETFs out there, mid-caps, large-cap value ETF. Hedge yourself, cut some of your cues back so that you're a bit more balanced if you're way overloaded in the cues. Now, the Qs are everybody, the, the, you know, they're, of course, QQQ is the ETF corresponding to the NASDAQ 100 index, which is full of tech growth stocks, which has done great, right? We all know that. It's done great. At some point, it's going to give some of that back at some point. How much? I can't tell you. So I don't want you to, Alan, I don't think it's wise just to get out completely of, 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 of the Qs. I just don't. I will tell you, though, I think that this is going to be a tough year for the Qs. Well, no, well, maybe I'm wrong, you know, but it feels like it with the Federal Reserve willing to raise rates and cut liquidity like they say they're going to do. Okay, thanks for the call, Alan. I appreciate that. My focus point today is based on the story behind the question, can stocks withstand rising yields? Can they withstand it? So one strategist says the sectors such as technology will struggle to outperform going forward. But there may be good news for banks, autos, and other cyclical areas of the equity market. Well, I'll add my perspective to that. We'll see. Um, my trivia question today concerns your retirement savings, your nesting. How far could it stretch? How long will it last? That's coming up at the halfway point. Also, I want to talk about Q4 earnings. We haven't seen any yet, but they're coming, right? I want to talk about that. J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon, he has an opinion on rising interest rates. We'll talk about that. And big oil becoming small oil. Interesting article I read. I want to share with you a little bit. Now, the market itself was up. Dow was up 188. The Nasdaq was up 211. So the Nasdaq outperformed the Dow today. But just remember, the NASDAQ last week was down 4.5%. It was clearly, clearly a bad week for the NASDAQ compared to the Dow. And the S&P was up 43. I don't know if you paid attention, but this morning the market was all down. All down. But it turned around today. So maybe that that means something. Maybe it doesn't. 
Well, it's hard to know any one day meaning of anything, right? No, no. You know, it's just one day doesn't tell you much. Um, so that's what we're going to discuss, everybody. Of course, I want to hear from you. You're, you drive the show. You take it the direction you want it to go. So we're going to take a quick break here. Jeffrey from El Paso. Hang on. You'll be up next here on Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations. You found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Steve and Justin welcome your questions anytime on the Invest Talk listener line. 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Jeffrey in El Paso. Jeffrey. Hi, Steve. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I was wondering if I could get your thoughts on Foot Locker. I've had it on my watch list for a while as a value play. The uh, blended PE is well below the five-year range. However, I'm worried about the uh, sustainability of the business model given online retail. Would love to hear your, uh, your thoughts on this uh, stock. Okay. Foot Locker, symbol is FL. Foot Locker, Inc. out of New York operates almost 3,000 mall-based athletic footwear apparel stores in the United States, Canada, Europe, Australia, New Zealand. Um, they make good money. They're going to make great money this year for 2022, $7.58 a share, up from $2.81 last year, and then six fifty one dollars and tail off a little bit the year after. And it's a $42 stock, so that's not a bad P.E. That's kind of on the lower end. I, I, I kind of like that. Um, if you feel, and I do, that the economy is going to do well this year, and I do, Foot Locker should be part of that, okay? They have a, a, an okay return on equity of 11%. I wish that was a little higher. They don't have much debt. Pays a decent dividend of 28 I kind of, I kind of like the stock, hmm. and it seems like there's lots of support right around thirty nine dollars, and it's at forty two thirty six. I'm going to have to give you a thumbs up on it. I think it will work. I think some of the cyclicals, and this will be one of them, should do pretty well this year, even in uh, in light of rising interest rates. As long as the economy still grows and thrives, and I think it will, and these companies are not too, and companies are not very deep in debt, and Foot Locker isn't, I think I think you have a good possibility that it should go up. Okay, appreciate that. Thanks for the call, Jeffrey. I appreciate it. Let's go to Jacob in California. Our oil and gas companies. Hey, Jacob. Hey, doing, Steve? Good. Thanks for the call. I had a question about Oventive, OVV. Uh, I'm looking to get in. I know it's already kind of run up a little bit, but uh, I'm looking to add it uh, on a pullback. I do already own Exxon, Chevron, and Onyoke. Okay. And that currently makes up about 10 to 12% of my portfolio currently. Okay. Actually, I don't have a problem with 10 to 12. I, I could go as high as 16 to 18%, and I'd still be okay with it. Okay, this is OVV. Um, I'm not sure. How do you pronounce that name? Oventive? 
Oventive? Okay. Uh, I think so, yeah. Okay. It's out of Calgary, Canada, engaged exploration and production of natural gas and oil in British Columbia, Alberta, and in the United States. I think natural gas is going to be a I, I, I'm pretty bullish on natural gas. I think oil is still going to be very much in demand. I think a lot of big companies are going to cut down their uh, capital expenditure and trying to find more oil. And I think that is going to cause prices to go up. And therefore, profits are going to go up for these kinds of companies. So I'm not too concerned on the short term about oil companies. Even though I know everybody, we're, I know we're all going to electric cars. I know all that. But I think this is going to be a very volatile time where, you know, uh, many companies and I, I was going to, I was one of my talking points is going to be talking about the European or big oil companies uh, are trying to switch to cleaner energy. Well, that's a big gamble, okay? Uh, because can they succeed at that? I'm not convinced that they are. But not all big oil is. Anyways, I like the the natural gas point, the portion of this company. Um, and it's a pretty darn low price stock. $39 is going to make $8.42 next year. So, you know, 5 PE, I think, is low enough to attract me. Good value stock. I, I kind of like it. Okay. Appreciate the call, Jacob. My focus point today, based on a story from the question, uh, can stocks withstand rising yields? Okay. So that really is the question, is it not? Can they continue to grow? Can they continue to rise? They can, but there's going to be rotation in uh, in the types of companies that will rise. And they can only if the economy continues to expand, even in the face of rising interest rates. The Fed has not is not known for getting it right. Okay? They're not known for getting it right. Uh, I think they're a little slow. They always are uh, reactive instead of proactive. And I think last year is when they should have started to actually increase the rates. Should have bumped it up at least one quarter percent last year. But now they're talking about three or four quarters, three or four quarters of points up this year. Well, I mean, I don't know. I I just think they're going to, if they can get it right and the economy continues to expand despite their rise then we'll be okay the stock market will be fine that's a tough call though for investors working towards the goal of comfortable retirement where they settle in their retirement years they can have a huge impact on their ability to stretch their nest egg when you're not no longer actively earning money so my trivia question for those of you who may have started late only have around half a million dollars how long can 500000 last in retirement? At the break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion 
and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. 888-99-CHART. Of course, I gave you a question before the break. For those who have... Um, Made a late start and only have around half a million dollars saved for retirement. How long could 500000 last in retirement? So there was a 2019 uh, report from the Federal Reserve, and they found that oh, one in every four American adults have no retirement savings. 25% no retirement savings. And of course, the pandemic didn't help that number. It probably got worse. So at age 65, Americans are expected to live an average in another 19.4 years. Okay, 20 years. And the typical retirement age, Americans spend $50,220. Okay? 
multiply those figures and add in a little extra for unforeseen expenses and additional financial security and a comfortable retirement and an estimated, you're going to need about $1.1 million in the United States. Now, obviously, obviously your expenses will determine how far your savings will go. But for comparison, in using a retirement nest egg of 500000 here are some of the projected estimates of what you might need to have a comfortable several last years, 20 last years. In Hawaii, $500,000 will only last five years and two months. So that's probably out. It's going to cost you about $95,000 a year. California, not too much better, seven years and three months or $68,000. However, Florida is not bad. $500,000 will last 10 years and four months. Annual expense is about 48000 So your mileage, as they say, goes very differently, but you pick your place wisely and you will be much better off. So be very, very careful. You need to have money in retirement. You need to have it. How much is up to you, but depends on how comfortable you want to be. Okay, let's go back to the Vestock phone lines to another live call. Adam in El Dorado Hills. How you doing, Adam? Great. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for the call. Oh, thank you for taking it. Okay. I had a question on uh, CLF, Cleveland Cliff. Let's take a look at Cleveland Cliff. This is a producer of flat rolled steel and supplier of iron ore pellets in North America. So it's a very cyclical company, and if you do, if you feel the economy is going to do well this year, this is the kind of value company that should work. Now it's already had a pretty nice run, as you've probably seen, in the last uh, year or so. Okay, year and a half. Uh, it's going to make five six dollars and one cent for 2021 when we finally get the numbers. And then next year, a little bit less, $5.82 a share, but it's a $22 stock. So we're talking about four and a half PE. Now don't think that's super, super cheap, but it's pretty cheap. But it's been as low as two in the last five years, two PE. But the sales growth has been picking up. I mean, the most recent quarter we have is last September, and it was a 265% increase from the year ago, September. So... I think I think it would do well. The thing I don't like about it, it doesn't pay a dividend. I, I, when I buy value stocks, big companies like this, $11 billion, I certainly would like a little dividend, and they're not paying it. And the other thing I don't like about it is it has lots of debt, and that worries me. I, I don't like buying debt. So I think the stock might work, but that debt and no dividend turns me off. So I wouldn't do it. I would not. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Adam. Appreciate that. 888-99-CHART. Okay. Uh, Q4 earnings are going to be coming out. They'll start rolling out this week, next week, be heavy next week, and the week after. Okay. And is the glass half full or half empty going forward? Is this quarter going to tell us that the economy is still rolling pretty strong? Now, earnings will beat expectations. They will. Because... You know, you know I've talked to you about how uh, the experts, quote-unquote experts, kind of manipulate the numbers, not the numbers from the company, but their numbers and estimates what the company's going to produce. 
to make sure that earnings generally beats their estimates. So we know that. But what will the earnings be like? Well, the consensus is earnings will grow about 22%, okay, for the S&P 500. Now, Q3 earnings for the S&P 500 was up 40%, 40. So the question is, will earnings be good enough to keep pushing stocks along? It, will they be strong enough? And will the, more importantly, the estimates of future earnings be strong enough from the companies to allow stock prices to continue to rise and the economy continue to expand despite the Fed's effort to slow it down? When I say that they're going to try to slow it down, they're, they're going to slow it down because by raising rates and reducing liquidity tends to slow a, the, a future economy down. Not today, three months, six months from now. It does. And it has done that forever. So they are attempting to slow the economy down for whatever reason. To fight inflation, to they're worried about economy getting too hot. So if they succeed in slowing it down, how much impact will they have on stock market? That's really the question. And I, I have very little faith that the Federal Reserve will get it right. I have I have little faith about that. Um, I think they'll either tighten too much or you know be too slow. One or the other, I don't know, because I think it's very difficult. What they're trying to do, I give them all the credit in the world that what they try to do is a very difficult thing. No matter how smart they are, it's very difficult because our economy is driven by you, the consumer. If you, the consumer, still have faith and still spend, it usually drives the economy. And I think we do. Okay? I do, I think. Let's get back to the Invest Talk phone lines, or how about this? When people do take time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. So here are some questions from iTunes reviewers. Uh, Chief Chris, Stephen Justin, I would love to get your long-term outlook on Starbucks. SBUX is a symbol, everybody. I've owned it in my taxable account for over a year, and I've gained 92% on it. Is this something that I should be trimming? Well, generally, uh, Starbucks is a very sound, very long-term hold type of company, and you will do well just holding on to it. You will. Uh, but, of course, like every other stock, they get overvalued and undervalued and overvalued and undervalued. And I would submit that they're no longer the growth company they used to be. I think they're so big, $122 billion, doing $8 billion in sales a quarter, that that it's going to be difficult for them to keep up this kind of growth. They just can't. They're they're only going to make $4 a share next year. Now, that's a that's much better than this year and much better than last year. So they're doing the right things, but $4, what kind of P-E ratio do you give that? It's a $104 stock. Uh, and does it deserve that? That's really the question. I'm, I would say that they're probably going to give back. And if I had a 90-something percent, Profit. I might take a little off the top. I wouldn't sell it out, but I might take a little off the top here. Okay, Starbucks, still a very good company. I'm not, try not to hear when I talk about it, hear that I don't like a company. It's not. I just don't like it at this price. I like the company a lot, but not at this price. 
Okay. Let's pivot back to the Vestock Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. Yeah, hey, guys. I'm calling about FCX, Freeport McMorrin. Um, I've held it for a while, and it's done really well for me. And I'm just thinking about maybe shaving a little profit and wondering what you guys think about you know, holding it for the long term. Also, at the same time, looking at AEM. So if I do shave a little profit, AEM looks like a good way to sort of diversify in that mining sector, and it looks a little bit more beaten up lately. Thanks for all you do, guys. Appreciate it. Well, let's look at Freeport McMoran. Um, engaged in exploration development of copper, gold, silver, molybdenum uh, mines in Indonesia, North and South America. They're going to make $3.11 last year. And then this year, 2022, they're going to make $3.63, and it's a $42 stock. Okay, so you're talking, what, uh, about 12, 12 PE-ish, 12 PE? Uh, it doesn't pay much of dividends, 7 tenths of uh, 1%. Uh, not a great return on equity of 8% at this point. It has some debt. Uh, mutual funds have added to it in the last year. And sales growth is up 58% last quarter, 88% the quarter before that, 73% before that. So sales growth is doing well. And, excuse me, and we do like the space. But I do, I would, I would not discourage you from taking some profits off the table, but I would discourage you to not sell it out. Hold on to some of it. I think... This space has room to grow. The space where they are. Talk about mining, metal ores, that kind of thing. I think they have room to grow. And usually this is a value-oriented space, and that's the kind of space I like. But they've done very, very well. They moved from the bottom of COVID, you know, when it happened, it was about $5 a share, and here they are, 42 That tells you how well they've done. Okay. Okay, let me remind you that here on Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy an independent thing is shared success. So it's worth a minute or two of your time and mine to talk about it. We are KPP Financial uh, Inc. We are a money management firm. We're located in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County in Southern California. KPP, uh, KPP Financial uh, uh, puts... Uh, puts together the Invest Talk radio and podcast show that you're listening to. So KPP is the parent company, okay? Um, we promise unbiased guidance. We promise that we will buy the same thing for ourselves as we do for our clients at the same price, same percentage. We call that parallel investing. Uh, and we also promise to give you facts. So I encourage you to take advantage of our free offers, you know, portfolio review, assessment of what you're doing, we can do it through telephone, Skype, go to meeting. All you do is send us a message through investtalk.com, send us an email, just tell us you want to talk to us, and we'll be happy to pick up the phone, set up a, set up a time for you, and we can talk to Justin or myself. Uh, Justin's been doing a lot of these lately. Um, and after speaking with one of us for about 10 minutes, you're going to find out we're a little bit different. So Justin and I do things a little bit different. We try to help people. We, we will help people. You don't even have to become a client. We'll still help you. No obligation, of course. Yeah, of course, that's true. We really do want to help you, so give us a call. This is Invest Talk. Justin and I, thank you for downloading our podcasts and telling your friends and family about us. 
And we're going to play another question here in about 30 seconds. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888 99Chart. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Paul in Alabama. I had a question about picker HII Huntington Ingalls. I own it, small portion of the portfolio. It's got a decent dividend that seems to be stable, uh, but I bought it more as a long-term hold, kind of a hedge against China. Anyways, just wondering what the fair market value is on that. Thank you. Okay, this is Huntington Ingalls Industry. Uh, it's out of Newport News, Virginia. Builds and repairs U.S. Navy nuclear-powered aircraft, carrier, submarines, uh, Burke-class destroyers. That's what they do. It's a $7.9 billion company. They're going to make $14.49 this year. They made $13.52 last year, and it's $198 stock. So it's not that expensive, really, 13 14 P.E.? But that's about the middle of their range. Turn equity is very good at 23%. Really good cash flow, pays a 2.4% dividend. They do not have much sales growth, but they are growing. This is not one of your exciting stocks. Okay, so you're going to have to try to buy it right at a good price and just uh, enjoy the dividend, which again is 2.4%. You're not going to get a lot of growth. Management owns 3%. Mutual funds have been slowly buying into last year. And uh, so that's about it. You know, you, you know, you want to be able to buy this at 140, 150, and it gets up to about 260. And that's about it. That range is where it's been settling in for some years now. And remember, it's 198 now. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. That was HII is the symbol. HII. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now. 888 99 chart. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Robert in Pleasanton up in in, in middle of California, just due east of San Francisco, I think. How you doing, Robert? I'm good. How are you, Steve? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. So I'm looking at Biogen, and um, the stock symbol is BIIB. Mm-hmm. This stock looks like it just took a hit again today because uh, Medicare plans are limit limiting the price they can charge for their Alzheimer drug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This stock is now down over 50% from its 52-week high. It's just about at its 52-week low. I'm wondering if this is uh, a buying opportunity or is this 
it's just not going the right direction. Well, I think it could be a buying opportunity because you're right. You're right. It's right near its 52-week low, and it's a solid company. It's Biogen, everybody, B-I-I-B, develops treatments for uh, neurodegenerative, autoimmune, and other types of things. And we're talking about here their their, uh, their drug for all time, Alzheimer's, which, you know, I think there, there's not very many drugs for that. So um, their earnings are good, but their sales are going to be falling and have been falling, and that disturbs me. I, I, I don't like to see sales falling for them especially a biotech. It's a big one, $35 billion. Um, earnings got as high as $33 in 2019, and next year they're going to be $18 a share, Third, from 35, 33 to 18 It's a huge drop. Uh, unless there's something in the pipeline here to turn this around, Robert, I don't think I'd be a buyer of it yet. Even though I do think this might be near the low, I need a catalyst for it to go up. And uh I don't see it here because I, I'm not doing very in-depth research, but um, I probably stay away from it until I see some strength come into the stock. So, Rob, appreciate the call. Thank you. Biogen. Just, I like the company, too. To be honest, I like the company. I think it's well-run, well-managed. Uh, they don't have a lot of debt. They have great cash flow, $31 a share. Huge return equity. I like all the things I see, except sales growth is going down and earnings are going down, and they're having trouble getting what they want for their Alzheimer's drugs from Medicare. So it's a tough, tough situation for them. But I think it's something you keep your eye on. I really do. Okay, uh, J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon, thinks the Fed will raise rates four times in 2022. Yeah, he thinks the consumer is in great shape. So he thinks that the Fed, even though they raise rates, if the consumer continues to spend and they, the, the economy continues to expand, that the stock market will hold up. Now, he's, he, there's other people just as smart as he that don't think that. I read a number of articles today, and there's several on the other side that say, we don't think the Fed's going to get it right that the market's going to have some deep corrections this year. Now, be honest, uh, I'm, if you're going to ask me and push me, I'm, I'm on a deep correction side. I don't know if I'll be in a bear market, but I do think we're going to have some pretty volatile times this year. And it's going to be a, a very careful market. You've got to pick your stocks. You've got to be, I, I, you just got to be in the right place and just grin and bear the pain. You'll be fine. You can be fine. You will be fine. Just live through it. Okay? So, uh, big oil becoming small oil. The European big oil companies, I'm talking about BP, Royal Dutch, Shell, Total, they are moving fast to alternative energies and not exploring for more oil. ExxonMobil and Chevron are totally different kind of outlooks. I'm Steve Peace, and this completes another Investor program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Get yours anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes if you would. We do appreciate that. You can leave a brief question at the same time you do that, and we'll get to the answer quickly, I promise. 
Independent thing and share success, everybody. That's us. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your evening. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1 800 557 5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.